and welcome back to The Sesh. I'm Kendall Ray. And I'm Janelle. And we are back again yes. and super happy to be back because oh, we really, really missed feel you guys. feel so good to be back. I'm like yes. having a really good time. We were just like dancing, like we're feeling so powerful and hyper. Like, powerful, powerful and hyper. We were, we were just literally just dancing. Wow, I was is like, that the energy I we felt were very feeling. powerful. And I'm feeling okay. quite hyper. That coffee you got me earlier, whatever <laughs> that was, it's got me wired. I introduced her to the brown sugar shaken espresso from Starbucks. If you have not tried this yet, this shit is so good. I'm, I'm addicted to it. Wired, I'm like ready to go. It's really good, and you got to get it with the oat milk. It makes it it's so ten good. times better. Ooh, I love mm. oat milk. Shout out to that. We love that. <laughs> Anyways, we are so happy to be back. Yeah, we are. Um, yeah. I, I mean, it feels like it's been a while, but it really hasn't been that long. But a lot has like happened since but then. We pre-recorded like. the episode that you guys saw last we our did, St. Patrick's guys, Day episode. Yes. Um, and, and then last week I've had the craziest yeah. personal week. Yeah. I was like, going to say just so much going on. A lot has happened in our lives. And then also, of course, mm-hmm. the Boulder shooting happened just a few days ago and that's taken a really big, um, like emotional hit, I guess we, mm-hmm. or we have taken a big, pretty big emotional hit from that. So we kind of wanted to touch on that as well. But then we also um, are doing a little advice segment and you guys actually submitted them. We sent out a form about a week ago and you guys submitted like almost a thousand requests, which I was like shocked. I thought we were gonna get like a (laughs) hundred, but you guys sent out a ton and we, well, we didn't pick some, but we had Corelli um, help us, you know, pick out the best ones. And obviously we can't do all a thousand of them so we're gonna have to do like this maybe more than once or twice we're gonna do all a thousand <laughs> yeah, actually so get fucking ready no it was surprising though because we only pulled from twitter uh so I yeah was, oh I no was i put it on our i put it on our instagram and like the oh okay the community but i was still shocked that that many of you guys yeah. were willing or interested in this so and i hope you don't have like too high of hopes or expectations here because we're definitely not experts on really oh, anything God, no. i feel like I don't know if I should be giving advice. No, 100%. I want to, I think I should, we should go into this saying that this is for like entertainment purposes. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day. We're not here yeah. to like literally counsel or help or solve your problems in any way, obviously. Mm-hmm. But um, this was something that was really requested. And so I do think it's kind of interesting. I like listening to I was going to say, I think it's interesting and because it's, you know, you can find things that are very relatable and that just hearing people's opinions and how they would handle situations. I just find interesting. So mm-hmm. we thought we'd take a shot at, at it, but yeah, uh, we also have some spices, but before that, how are you doing? Kendall? We are, we are now doing every week. We're going to do a little check-in because you guys seem to really enjoy that. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. We've definitely, I've enjoyed it too. Yeah. I think it's kind of nice to have a place. This is like one thing I really missed when I switched over to true crime and mm-hmm. doing, you know, more, focused content sure on not like topics. about your life yeah less personal right i really missed kind of opening up to people which i think some people think is like kind of strange like don't treat the internet like your diary totally. but at some points it's very it's very comforting to me and especially yeah. because we do have this fan base i guess you could say that's so kind mm-hmm. and um i don't know it makes me feel a lot better to have somewhere like this now where i feel like i can just openly share mm-hmm. and yeah i've just i've been going through some big changes in my, in my family. Mm -hmm. Uh, My grandma is moving to Colorado, which is so great, but it's a huge change because she's moving from Florida 
to Colorado. So she's going from sea level to <laughs> a mile, a mile high. high. LOL. Yeah. Uh, which a lot of people don't know. That's why we call that. Oh, really? That's, yeah. They don't yeah, know. I guess not everyone knows. But yeah, you know, Denver is the mile high city mm-hmm. um, because we are basically a mile above sea level up here where the air is thin and everything's dry. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's exactly Colorado. But it's a big so she's change. getting used to that. And she's on oxygen. She has this lung problem. I won't get into all the details, but you know, now she's being on oxygen all the time. So it's just been a huge change. And Josh and I have been taking care of her by ourselves mm-hmm. for the past week. Mm-hmm. And it's just been um, a huge adjustment mm-hmm. to like, we've had to like completely refigure the house and then get getting the right amount of oxygen. And we've had like a few little scares and just, it's like a lot of work. Caretaking is a lot of work. I'm sure some of you out there know exactly what it's like. Mm-hmm. Um, and I definitely, it's, you know, I wasn't prepared for how much I would have to um, just do. So I've just sure. been like, so we couldn't do the sesh last week. So I was too busy with adjusting to getting yeah. her here. Yeah. And then this week we had to cancel mile higher because I've just been spread way too thin. Yeah. <laughs> I well, literally it couldn't also do doesn't it. help because like you do have chronic pain and it does mm-hmm. flare up when you are like stressed out or if like you just you know, like are helping, mm-hmm. like if you're moving a lot, like set, right. you, how you were saying, like rearranging your house to like get it set up for her. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I'm super sore. Yeah. I was just saying like, I'm over here with my feet, foot cream. I was just <laughs> loading up foot cream down here. <laughs> I've been really sore, which by the way, the foot cream kind of smells. Does it? It smells. Or maybe it just smells like feet in here because <laughs> I took off my shoes too. Ew, it does kind of smell. I was going to say it gives it like a, ew. <laughs> So it smells gross in here. That's the update. <laughs> That's the update. Um, but yeah, it's just been like a hell of a week, you know? And then mm-hmm. this shooting happened. Yeah. And all of us have been just going through it. Like, I think a lot of people all across the nation, sadly, can relate to what this feels like when it happens close to home. It just yeah. hits harder than normal. And yeah, Coloradans have been through... A lot Coloradans. Of Did I say that right? Yeah. Coloradans. Coloradans. Colorado. Coloradans. We've been through a lot of we have. mass shootings. We have. Unfortunately. We have. And it's just been. Yeah. I literally was like, I canceled the episode that we were supposed to record for Mile Higher this week. Um, right after that happened, because we were supposed to spend that night getting prepared, um, going over our notes and everything. And I was like, I literally mentally cannot go look at a true crime case right now. Yeah. I had to record a video the next day and. It was so hard. It was it was hard to even focus. I had to t- like say it in the beginning of the video just to like preface my anxieties through the roof right now. Yeah, I'm a mess. Yeah, um, I would. Yep, I, I think so many agree. people right it's, now relate. It's really uh, upsetting to see Colorado, like a place that we are so familiar with, on national TV for the same reason so many times. Mm-hmm. and it's just this one for some reason i just it's it's so it it's made me feel so many i'm i'm really mad i'm obviously absolutely heartbroken and devastated i'm scared as fuck um and i feel like really helpless um of like what what yeah. how do what do we do now like thoughts and prayers again and mm-hmm. it's just it's, yeah incredibly um emotional to be honest it's i don't even it's like i go through periods of like absolutely like sobbing and then i'm like mad and then i'm like kind of numb and Mm -hmm. it's just it's a lot to take in um especially at a 
at a place like a grocery store where you're, mm-hmm. you know, you're just trying to buy food um, and, and feel safe. And it's just, it's really upsetting that, um, that we have to think about this at the back of, and I'm not just saying people in Colorado, but people in general, yeah, everywhere in America have to have this thought of going wow. into the store and buying food, yeah. going to a theater, Another going to place a school. to add to the list of um, we're no longer safe here anymore. A club, a concert. And I mean, just add it to the list. Um, you know, a spa, a place of worship. It's in, it's really scary to think about what it's like now. So then, okay, well, what is it going to be like in 10 years from now and 20 years from now? And mm-hmm. what is it going to be like when the pandemic ends? <sighs> I know. I, li- I have no words. I don't know. Yeah. Sorry, guys. I, I don't, we're, it's just, just, uh, it's really intense and we might edit some of this out, um, you know, depending, but we just kind of, we're not going to be on here and pretend like this isn't really fucking us up, to be honest. Um, it's been really rough. So, um, yeah, I just, I don't know what to say at this point because yeah. it feels like truly there's nothing impactful enough that I can't even right. say at this point. Exactly. Everything that's, that needs to be said has been said and it's still at the end of the day, what do we have? Exactly. So it's, it's just really hard. I think, I think what's been, like you said, so difficult about this is this is King Supers. Yeah. You know, this is for us, this is our Harris Teeter or our Winn Dixie. Mm-hmm. This is our Colorado Publix, grocery store. Our, yep. Our Smiths. It's safe there. Like I grew up, my dad would say, let's hop in, hop in the car and go for a ride to King Supers. And right. I would love that, you know? Right. And now I'm like, I'm thinking mostly about, how terrifying having kids is going to be. Yeah. Am I going to go into every grocery store and have to plan an exit strategy? I know it's, it, it's Sorry, now I'm like, I haven't even Mike, do you grab me the tissue there? Sid? I have Sorry. I'm just, no, you're just kind of caught up with me. It's yeah, no, I, I, I've, it's just not, it's not fair that we have to, um, we as an Americans have to, think about this pretty much all the time at this point. Yeah. And I'm, I'm scared. And personally, I mean, I'm not going to like get political with this, you know, that's, that's really not what we're here for. I'm just, I'm, I'm really heartbroken at the end of the day and I'm really fucking scared. Well, I hope everyone is. Yeah. I hope everyone's heartbroken right. now. You know, how can you not be this, you know, I mean, with five days, there were two mass shootings in yeah. America. That's almost 20 people in the past week yeah and it's happening every day on a smaller scale but yeah you know just this alone this even there was an officer shot there who has seven kids the youngest one being seven years old it's it's like too upsetting to even process fully and if you're not heartbroken i don't know i don't know what to say it's really i'm I'm scared that's why i think i'm i'm so mad because i'm like why do i why do i have to be scared now all the time like i'm already i already have like catastrophic thinking to be honest like that's just a big part of my anxiety is i'm always like worst case scenario everywhere i go and so it's like it's frustrating that places where like king supers where i usually you know enjoy kind of roaming the aisles and picking out foods that are interesting and maybe like putting in my headphones listening to a podcast and just kind of like having my own time it's like frustrating that now i'm like can't listen to a podcast because what if i need to hear gunshots go off i know to save my own life Mm -hmm. and Concerts are supposed to be 
some of like the most freeing, wonderful places for people. And now I'm like constantly having escape plans. I haven't gone to a movie theater all but maybe twice in the past 10 years or whenever that shooting happened because it's just, I know places that you felt were safe when they feel like they're no longer safe. That just does something to your psyche. I think. Yeah. And, and yeah, there, it really feels like there is nowhere. I mean, when you can't send your kid to an elementary school without fear, or like a daycare, I mean, someone tweeted at me, um, that they were in high school this year and they literally spent so much of their time going through active shooter drills Yeah, in their high school. And they were like, you know, someone slams a locker too loud or drops something. Do I like, we all go to the worst case scenario. Yep. And I just saw on the news the other day, this training that they're having teachers do where there's, they're literally teaching them how to treat bullet wounds. See, I just, um, I don't, it's just, that's, I don't know how this is going to affect our, all of our mental health, like years to come and, and our kids' mental mm-hmm. health. And that's what I'm most scared about bringing kids into this. Me too. Oh my God. Like I was talking to my mom and she was like, God, you know, I'm so, I was telling her like, I'm scared to have kids. I'm scared to send them to school. I'm, I'm scared to go places. And she was like, I'm so sorry you're having to deal with that. I never once feared of sending you and your brother to school. I never thought of that. That was never a thought in my mind. Mm-hmm. And now it's like a thought in our mind and we're not even going to have kids. It's just, it started when we were so young too, you know, yeah. like we were, I don't know if you were old enough to remember when Columbine happened. Do you remember Um, it? Vaguely. You must've been three, four. I was like six. Were you six? Maybe. Yeah, I think I was like, I think I was like four or five. I kind of remember like the aftershock of it when like people would talk about it and my parents explained like there are bad guys that came into school, but they tried to shelter me pretty well. But yeah, I don't remember like seeing it on the news or anything, but I remember my parents talking about it. And I remember we had like soccer practice that day and that all the parents were like wigging out at the field that maybe this would happen at all the schools. Is this some like big, it was just so shocking at the time. And that was... I mean, the fact that that made such national news and now these shootings, like oftentimes it's, it's moved over quickly or people, some people don't even hear about them. And I don't under, I, I understand because how can you keep up with every single thing? Like it is this, this week has been exhausting keeping up with this because it's our local thing. And then I feel guilty not keeping up with it. Cause I'm like, oh my gosh, like, I don't want to seem like I don't care. Cause of course I care. But also like, there's a, there's a point where I'm like, okay, you have to stop reading about them the victims for now and you have to put your shit down and you have to turn something else on because i'm sitting here like literally festering in this sadness and and fear and at the end of the day i'm like for what though like how is what so like two weeks from now is this just going to be another statistic and we're moving on to the next thing like i don't That's how it's starting to feel. So needless to say, contacted my therapist. (laughs) Good. That's an update. Hello. Can I get on your schedule permanently for like ever? (laughs) Yeah, it's it's definitely been. I'm going to go back and talk to because. It's just it's this is a it's a lot to process because now it's just an added thing when you go to the grocery store. You know, Sydney just said on her way here. Have you guys gone to the grocery store yet? And then it just like it hit me like I haven't even gone yet. Did you go yet? Uh, yeah, no, I actually haven't been to like the grocery store. I went, ran into Target, but 
Yeah. Same. Not going to lie. Vibe. Yeah. I'm terrified just because I, I have anxiety as well. And mm-hmm. um, it's just absolutely awful. And for some reason, this one has resonated with me or is it as impacted it is, you. Yeah. It's impacting greatly. me like mm-hmm. more so than others. Not saying that their levels or anything of course but, not you know right. just sure with such a mundane task that personally like you guys are saying i enjoy mm-hmm. i go at that same exact time yeah because mm-hmm. it's not crowded sure and it was it's just awful it is and it's in it's in a location that's like known to be super super safe yeah, boulder is like if you're not aware, it's like we're all the, you know, it's very known for like the hippie city. Some people call it like Granola Town. Or yeah, it's very, there's it's a lot of just really kind hearted, very outdoorsy, mm-hmm. just very wonderful <sighs> people there. And that's why I was like, just it shocked. also, yeah, I mean, God, it's just, I can't imagine, you know, my, I have stepbrothers that grew up in Boulder. One of them still lives there. And I was told that he was literally about to go to that exact King Supers five minutes before it happened. And he lives two blocks away. That's insane. And he didn't go because he decided to do the dishes instead. Wow. And. Uh, that's so crazy. Yeah. That's it's just, just like, I mean, it puts everything in perspective for you. It really does. 100%. And if I'm being honest, like, I don't want to go into, like, the details, obviously, but, like, him and I aren't, like, super close. We've kind of, like, maybe lost some connection throughout the years. And so that almost, like, really even made it more real. Like, holy shit, dude. What if something had happened and you hadn't have talked to him in a few years? And, like, it just really, like, I know it's so cheesy, but it's, like, it, God, you, life is so precious and randomly can be taken away. Yeah. Just fragile. Mm-hmm. I know. Seeing, I mean, hearing about the victims and uh, I feel bad. I This is supposed to be a fun show. But uh, I know. honestly, though, like it's supposed to be like an, a genuine show more than anything. Yeah, and it's true. This is how we're genuinely feeling. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not about to come on here and just be like, yeah, it's sad. So anyways, like this mm-hmm. has really fucked all three of us up at, as it well has. as many, many people across this country. So, yeah. And the world, I think and the world, I think the I think, world is just yeah. horrified that this is just a regular occurrence now. So. Yeah. Exactly. So anyway, we do have some other things to talk about, which I think will be good for us to kind of get our minds off things here. Mm -hmm. I agree. Silly. At least we have one. (laughs) I want to talk about this fucking cinnamon toast crunch shrimp. Yeah, we are absolutely going to cover that. And we also are going to touch on David Dobrik. Oh, yeah. I mean, how could we not? This is dude quite huge. A lot has happened. A lot has happened. Holy crap. We will get into all of that after a word from our sponsors. Okay, so David Dobrik. (laughs) This has gotten crazy, this situation. (sighs) Last we talked about him was for those puzzles. The QR puzzles. Oh, they were QR code jigsaw oh, no, puzzle. We, no, jigsaw. we talked about the making out with the the Jason oh. Nash gorilla thing. Yeah. Remember we were oh, like, yeah, we, if did. The, we briefly oh, touched yes. on it though. It wasn't briefly. like, and that was before shit had really popped off. That was right. mostly just when Trisha right. and um, yeah, Ethan were like actually starting to talk about it. Okay. Okay. Now I remember. Yes. And we haven't recorded since shit really hit the fan. Exactly. Yeah. It's been a while. But so shit hit the fan. I mean, yeah, I'd like to correct my previous statement. <laughs> Remember when I was like, David seems like oh, a yeah. nice guy. He seems like an okay dude. I don't, but I just knew nothing about him. 
Holy crap. Yeah. Wow. He's facing major controversy. If you don't, mm-hmm. I mean, this is like on CNN now. Yeah. Like, so, I mean, it's pretty, this is pretty well known. It's being covered by like everyone, it seems like. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he's having controversy after or over essay allegations. We're going to try and abbreviate as much as we can here. Um, but, do, yeah. yeah. You explain, you understand the Dom part more and like, well, I've watched all the interviews yeah. and all the H3 coverage of this and frenemies and right. I've watched the whole thing. I, I mean, I know enough yeah. now that I kind of understand it, but the whole vlog squad thing has really blown my mind learning more about this That's world of David Dobrik. It's like you and I didn't. It's fucking wild. We didn't, we weren't like, we didn't really like know much no, about the vlog squad and stuff before this. So I've learned how set up these vlogs are and how mm. David seems to view them as skits. And it seems like the whole group kind of used them as skits. In fact, this guy, Jeff, I think it's Wittick. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's it. Yeah. Whatever. Jeff, he went on uh, H3. He did this mm-hmm. live interview with them, which mm-hmm. was quite spicy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he, <laughs> they just roasted him. It was like, he just had no idea what the fuck he was getting into. It was pretty <sighs> bad. Um, <laughs> but he he tried to explain that David's vlogs are kind of like SNL. And that every week, you know, he picks skits, like uh, kind of um, a premise for his vlog. Yeah. And he was explaining that like everyone on the team will like pitch ideas to David of like, here's a skit we can do. And then if David picks your thing, it's like an honor. And you it's basically as this he tried to be like, it's the same as when an SNL writer gets gets picked picked for their skit okay which i mean this is a really shitty comparison because these are not skits these are vlogs and real people inside of them Mm, yeah but that's how david it seems views this sure and the way he is business wise is very interesting the way he operates this whole thing and just how many people are involved in it how many Oh, he retakes so many things. They reshoot yeah, all this stuff. Trisha talking about that, and who else was talking about someone else? I was interviewed. I remember they were like, "Just kind of like, hey, say the, say the joke again, like exactly, as in like, make it funnier, laugh harder, yep, be they'll, sillier." They'll be like, they'll straight up be like, "Oh, this laugh isn't good enough, so he'll like redo the whole skit." Hmm. So that's really what they're trying to play off now. Is like these are skits, and they were they are consensual, but um, there's this guy in it. I don't I don't even know what he looks like, but his name is Dom. Mm -hmm. But this guy goes around to like frats. I saw this video of him. He would like go to different schools and go to their parties and like kind of go on tour. The vlogs of it was like a frat. They're like, yeah, the vlogs kind of seems like it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. So this guy goes around and like parties. It seems like according to this Jeff guy, they all kind of have a role Mm -hmm. like and Dirty Dom is kind of like the bad boy who loves girls. Like I that's love his how, role. It's just like a, oh, it's just like a skit though. But he's just like the yeah. Creeper, he literally bad was boy. like, I went to jail, so my role is kind of the guy who went to jail. jail. Okay, <laughs> sweet dude. <laughs> so it seems like he kind of meets people, and and they like become like cast of his. They like are literally part of his cast. Yeah. His life is like this movie that he creates right. and perfectly distributes into these four minute vlogs and right. uploads. Right. Well, obviously, he doesn't do it anymore. But back then, when they mm-hmm. were doing this, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so anyway. There's all these allegations going on. Two different women have spoken up against their inappropriate behavior. Mm-hmm. There's questioning yes. going on. Yes. Yeah. And it seems, I mean, even David in his apology video, which we'll get into, mm-hmm. said that he believes the women, mm-hmm. which it's like, 
Well, you, you kind of have to say that, though. I yeah. mean, he's not going to come out and be like, I don't believe them. Yeah. I mean, right. Yeah. Whether he Whatever. does or not. He should have said something way sooner than if you really believe them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it seems like that definitely has it definitely happened. Mm-hmm. And there was underage drinking is kind of the in question is who supplied alcohol? Whose credit card was it on? Was it on Jason Nash? Was it on David Dobrik? Because apparently David Dobrik doesn't like to put anything in his credit cards and he doesn't really drink. And it seems like he really like lets everyone else get really drunk. And then that's the interesting part weird. is that he doesn't drink, but like encourages everyone else to drink. Yeah. A lot. Or a it seems lot. like to to the whatever amount it takes to like loosen them up and get them to perform well for his vlogs. And to do like different sexual things. Yeah. Um, I feel like three sums. He's like arranging puppet master. He's like the ringleader of all of his little like clowns and puppets. And he's like, (laughs) I didn't mean like clown. Well, kind of clown. Some of them are clowns, but (laughs) (laughs) I say it's accurate. It's like a circus. It's a circus. Come, they're like, come join the circus. It's honestly fucking wild. His whole the whole vlog squad world is weird. It's It's like very very cultish. Yeah, it It scares me. Brat, honestly. Imagine if your inner like things were like that here. (laughs) <laughs> like we had all these like bizarre rules and we like oh my retook, God. we yeah. retook things yeah. and like all these secrets and like it's no. it's very like don't we have they have like protocols of like don't speak up about certain things so, yeah. and yeah it's very I don't it's very like David Dobrik's like kind of mob leader vibes you know or like yes. cult leader vibe I don't know well I feel like he he portrays like the innocent goofy one that's just there with the camera to catch the funny things that happen and his friends are all crazy and funny but i think in reality (laughs) he's like setting them up to Mm -hmm. perform theoretically and like make fools out of themselves or you know do something drastic that will get views and then david's over here kind of like ditching any flack because he's not the one it's his like goofy friend yeah and he's just like here to give away tesla it's very obvious now looking at it right with that lens and that's clearly what is going on right and that's why he brings all these different people in his life and when they don't allow when they stand up and they're like hey i don't want to be used by you like this right he ditches them he like stops being friends with them stops filming with them he has all the oh it's so weird it is very bizarre. I, I bet there's really, many more secrets. And I'd love to know more. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm sure this is like just the who knows what what goes on. I'm sure yeah. there's like, you know, NDAs. Who knows? So yeah. I don't know exactly. But either way, he for a while, he was like just basically denying, mm-hmm. ignoring. Trying to sweep it under, trying the, to rug, sweep it under the rug. Which is kind of what the video that was like basically deflecting the whole mm-hmm. thing it was really short and then yeah. people were pissed because they were like what kind of shit ass video is that like and it was posted to his like podcast channel oh, or something yeah. right uh yeah and he yeah it was very very bad and so he yeah he did another apology yeah, he did another one this time it's very mixed reviews mm-hmm. like it's been at first i guess it was getting tons of likes mm-hmm. and but I mean, I think a lot of people are realizing that this is likely like what he made this apology if all his sponsors pulled out. The That's the interesting before. part is he how he felt he's like, I'm sorry for like ever. And then all of a sudden his sponsors pull out and yeah. now he's crying and saying he's sorry, which I'm like watching that. If you just took everything else away and just watched the apology, I yeah. feel like you would probably be like, okay, that's, you know, it seems to be genuine. Um, at least that's kind of where I was getting at is that it, it seemed like he was mm-hmm. saying all the right things, right? But right, then I textbook, was like, ex- surface level. But then I was like, 
if you put everything else of like the context of when he uploaded that and what he uploaded before and how he got sponsors uh-huh. ripped and seat geek is like i mean him and seat geek have been like obsessed mm-hmm. with each other since day one so the fact that they pulled out that from working with him i think it's kind of and then he put up the apology i'm like are you mm-hmm. apologizing to the people who are accusing you of doing bad things and accusing others or are you apologizing to seat geek and i think it was also <laughs> because jeff did such a horrible interview like the yeah. day before that he realized like i need to put out my own version of things sure. before people just start fucking up on yeah. live streams and saying things that aren't true Damage or like control yeah i think he felt measures. like he needed to do that to protect himself mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. but it, i agree it was very like calculated and it it makes you feel like it's in disingenuine because look he lost doordash ea sports hello fresh uh seat geek he's probably not gonna get any new stuff because now i mean maybe eventually whatever but yeah. it's gonna be a long time but he's he does all these sponsored Tesla gives away. He gives he gives out so much money. Right. I mean, nowhere near Mr. Beast levels. But yeah. like even his house, his his mortgage payment must be insane. I mean, the dude, I don't know if you guys have seen his mansion, it's, but he I've has like it. a drinking fountain yeah. with fruit punch. Yeah. And <laughs> That's, it's like the wildest house. It's huge. It's so bougie. It's yeah. And so, it's in LA. I can't imagine how much it is. He's probably just shitting bricks because he's, he's like, what am I going to do? And he's probably got so many people on his payroll. That Jeff guy says he's got 10 people. He's got 10 employees. Jeff. Yeah. Just Jeff, not David. Oh, I was going to say, I'm surprised on more. David's Jeff, got probably way more like, than that. Yeah, I'm sure he's got zillions. But, but just Jeff. <laughs> just interesting. I did not know, I know that. Wow. Okay. I know. And that's what's so. Uh, oh, and the other thing that was really interesting is that he was like saying, um, how he's going to make like an HR team. And I was like, if you are David mm-hmm. Dobrik and you don't have HR, dude, I know. like that's not okay. You need to ha- like, mm-hmm. you're a giant company. Mm-hmm. You're huge. Yeah. That's really bad. You're like one of the biggest people on the internet and you don't have an HR yeah. wow. person or a way for someone to, you know, get help or report things if needed. I don't know. Especially with this many people in it and the types the type of content that he's putting out in these vlogs like it seems like you would have to have something like that legally like exactly exactly very odd that's what i yeah the whole thing is extremely odd i'm sure he's regretting it now because now he's i mean he's kind of oh he's regretting a lot right now so um i mean i don't know what do you think do you think i mean it's clear what you think (laughs) Um, you've never been a fan of yeah to be honest i've never been a fan of david um i've always thought he's just like very fake online and i just felt got like really annoying in disingenuine vibes from him since Mm -hmm. day one so i've never been a real fan but i now i'm like now i really have like a solid before i was like i don't know i can't put my finger on it but i don't like it i can put my finger on it now yeah me too (laughs) my finger's definitely on it fingers on it um pretty wild and I'm now that I look back, I'm like, I'm not that surprised because he seems like the type of person to use people and to <laughs> clearly and want, again, this all goes back to the fucking discussion of family vlog, vlogging, daily vlogging, uh-huh. just vlogging in general. When do you cross the line? Well, it's hard when the lines are blurred between your job and your real life. And, you know, you got to yep. one up yourself every time a good vlog comes out with some like great event or drama or whatever. You got to you can't put out a boring one the next day. And he's obsessed with views. It's so obvious. Yes. He even named his podcast fucking views. Yes. But I think that's such a good point. This really does connect back to the conversation around family vlogging and vlogging in general. Mm-hmm. People being in your vlogs. Um, I mean, does do all the people sign consent forms right. to be in his vlogs, which it sounds like maybe they do. Yeah. I don't know. There's been some kind of gray area. It sounds like they're signing things after mm-hmm. they're in his vlogs. Mm-hmm very questionable but yeah it's 
I mean, it's just kind of like a big family. If you think about it, his vlog squad is kind of like his family. Like yeah. is David exploiting all these different people right. by having them in his vlogs and making them do all the crazy stuff, which is kind of like the same argument with when, when your kids are doing kind of making the entertainment right. They're and you're the just using it and uploading it. And yeah, exactly. I think that ties very much into like, that, think our, about- that discussion. Think about family vlogging. A lot of times, like you see the thumbnail and it's not about the, the vlogger, it's about their kid or about another yeah. family. So instead of yep. this, this kid had this, whatever fell down, this person lost this or, you know, <laughs> so whatever. True. And so, but it's also the same for these types of vlogs. If it's never like mm-hmm. David Dobrik, it's always like some type of special guest or mm-hmm. some celebrity or some other person did something stupid or some or other person did something extreme. funny. Yeah, it's always like the extremes. And so, I don't know. I just am like, how long, I guess... Yeah, it's going to catch up to at some point. And mm-hmm. I'm surprised it took this long, to be honest, because it sounds like this shit's been going around, going <laughs> yeah. on for a long time. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I'm just surprised that, like, why did he, I'm wondering, like, did he not know what he was doing was wrong or did he know and he just didn't think he'd ever get caught or exposed for it? Um, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, he is super young too. Maybe is it possible that he just genuinely didn't realize how wrong what he was doing at the time of all these different when he's <sighs> he's hurt all these different people and I don't know. I guess I don't know. I'm like I don't I was never I'm not you know, personally involved, so I don't know how bad it really was behind the scenes. I don't know how much people really tried to, you know, reach out and say, "Hey, mm-hmm. this is not cool. Can you stop doing this?" and if he listened or not. Kind of sounds like he doesn't really like listen or like you said, he's kind of like, okay, no problem, dude. You can get out of the vlog though. Like we don't need you anymore type of thing. Um, So I don't know. It's very interesting. And I think it's really, I think more of this is going to start coming out. I think more and more people in general are just (laughs) going to talk. That's what happens when you do that many vlogs with all these different people. Mm -hmm. And you're, I mean, I'm sure many people got stuff to say. I just saw it. Gabby Hanna was like tweeting that she's like gonna they're gonna end up suing her some vague tweet but oh I have a feeling she's gonna start popping off about some stuff that she's gone through and yeah I think a lot of people will I think I mean this is what always happens true in toxic situations like this more and more people are gonna come forward if they feel enough support yeah from the public 100% so yeah. Anyway, let's talk about a lighter topic. Yes. A little shrimpier topic. <laughs> Cinnamon toast shrimp. Ugh, this is some nasty shit, man. Mm, I think it's delicious. So I'm sure most of you guys have heard about this. Yeah. This was super, super viral. Unless maybe you're not on Twitter because I asked John and he hadn't even heard of it. I was like, this really? guy lives under a rock. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they're talking about it on the late night shows. I'm and- sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Stephen Colbert even. <laughs> posted this thing well, john just works too much That's he doesn't do anything no wonder he doesn't he doesn't never know about anything <laughs> he's like the dude works it, all day is it daytime or night i uh, know uh, it won't uh, it'll be over soon but anyways okay so monday morning yeah. this guy jensen carp who is a journalist i guess mm-hmm. poured himself a bowl of his favorite cereal cinnamon toast crunch that's a good cereal right it's so good one of the best <gasps> that's i'm like oh no mm, i know oh, horrifying it's so good <laughs> and then he's pouring it in and then all of a sudden, he looks down and he sees a couple of sugar-coated shrimp tails <laughs> plopping out into shrimp? his bowl. What the fuck? S-C-S. Sugar-coated shrimp. And if you look at these shrimp, you guys, like, okay, they're tails, but they're 
they are That's literally so look like they went through like the sprinkling process of the cinnamon and sugar yeah like <laughs> yeah, straight they up they look like they like went through the tumbler or whatever it is mm-hmm. that coats <laughs> the same thing <laughs> yeah. like, they look like they've been around yeah. with those guys hanging out <laughs> right. for a while for a long, they've been the whole process yeah yep <laughs> um so he immediately oh he's a comedian and a writer in la and then his oh, wife a comedian and a writer his wife Danielle Fischel. Yep. She played Topanga on Boy Meets World, which is one of my favorite shows. I've never, God. I don't even know what that is, but I've watched it fully. Oh, you have you Sid? Were Sid? Oh, yeah. Oh, really? Topanga, yeah. the best, the best romance of all time <laughs> yes. is Corey and Topanga. I love them so much. Um, but yeah, I guess she's married to this guy, Jensen. So she kind of got wrapped into it, yeah. made it a little more interesting. But of course, he took to Twitter and was like, hi, what the fuck? Like basically tweeted a Cinnamon Toast Crunch like I found these shrimp tails and Cinnamon Toast Crunch came back and was like, after further investigation with our team that closely examined the image, it appears to be an accumulation of the cinnamon sugar that sometimes can occur when the ingredients aren't thoroughly blended. We assure you that there is no possibility of cross-contamination with shrimp. What the fuck? Okay, if you're listening to this and you haven't seen the picture, the picture is like, it's so clearly shrimp tails. It's like not even, it's like no, how like literally how could you be so it stupid? It is kind of so- <laughs> whoever is on their account that really tried to say our team closely examined this and it is an accumulation of cinnamon sugar in a shrimp tail form so clearly what the fuck that is wild it looks like someone's shrimp cocktail tail that they like pinched out of their mouth and put into the cinnamon sugar (laughs) is it gonna stop you from eating cinnamon toast um Probably not. Yeah, I was going to say because, what the hell. Because I don't no, even know if this not. has really happened. Yeah, well, that's yeah, true. That's we don't know if this is even real. And this is, yeah, okay. So the, like this shit went viral, obviously, because mm-hmm. people are like, mm-hmm. oh, and also it wasn't just the shrimp. They also had like little black, like piece, yeah. like burnt pieces. Uh-huh. And then like um, a string, which he said it was floss. Dental floss or something. And the bag of the actual cereal had looked like it was like taped, like open and then taped back up. Which I'm like, okay, but also, like, I don't know if that was, could it be him to, like, add to the story? Uh Like, I don't know. That's true. Yeah. And what? Yeah. That's true. So. That's true. But General Mills was like, okay, please send us the shrimp so we can take a look (laughs) and confirm if it's shrimp or not. And then then Jason was like, hell, or Jensen, sorry. He was like, hell no, I'm not sending you all the shrimp. I'm going to take it to an independent lab to DNA test it. Yeah, because they're going to pull some conspiracy (laughs) shit. They're going to try to say it's the great shrimp conspiracy. I would do the same thing if I were him. Send it into the lab. Yep. Private lab. So he's sending in the black little burnt pieces, the shrimp, and (laughs) I don't know, maybe the the floss as well to confirm what all Mm. this is. But he's also sending it to General Mills. So we'll see what what they even come out and say. Okay, and then a few days after the original post was made, um, a woman named Melissa Stetton, Stetton. who is a writer, Um, And also Jensen's ex-girlfriend tweeted out and she said, what you may not know about the man behind the viral posts was like he's a manipulative, gaslighting, narcissistic ex-boyfriend who once told me he was surprised I hadn't killed myself because my life was so worthless. So that obviously blew up. And um, since that tweet, many others have shared their experiences and past relationships. It turns out he's kind of a not a great dude yeah it seems like he's a douche yeah so a, a lot of people have accused him of being emotionally abusive and manipulative and uh, like a notorious liar as well mm. so some people are like 
okay, is he just making this whole thing up? Which people have done. Do you remember the whole oh, finger yeah. at Chili's thing? No. Wait, you don't what? remember that? There's what? a finger at... You don't you remember that? You remember it? Yeah, I remember that. Yep. Ew, wait. I'm going to look That's it up real disgusting. fast. Dude, this happens a like refresh. a lot, though. Like, there was a... Um, mouse found in the bottom of an arizona iced tea can Ew. not long ago there was um like a capri sun that was found to have like a shit ton of like thick mold it looks like a sponge inside the capri sun which i was like that's so depressing because capri suns are like my favorite i should cover this this woman uh was went to prison for four years because she planted a severed fig finger she... in a wendy's bowl of chili oh and that... tried to pretend it was in there but she didn't <laughs> I need oh, to look. it yeah. was so she it happened when I was a kid. It. I don't remember Wait, all the details. The now finger? I want to do a video on it. <laughs> where'd she get the finger? <laughs> That'd be funny. How did she get a finger to put it in the chili? That's the question we all want to know. It There's an answer. Of, I need to look. It wasn't it up. one of her. Someone's fingers. gonna comment it below. Yeah. We'll find out. Where did the finger come from, guys? Where did she get it? Was it one of hers? Wow. Ew. Yeah, pretty nasty. So is this another Wendy's finger yeah. situation? And of course he's like, oh, I would never do that to my favorite cereal. Like, why would I? I'm like. Cause you want money maybe or fame or I don't know. I'm not accusing him of lying. I don't know. Maybe it's completely the truth and there really are shrimp and yeah, things. you made a good point earlier right. today. You're like, he could be a douche and also still get some shrimp in his right. cinnamon toast like, crunch. He could, yeah. He could be a notorious liar and it's true. Maybe it's terrible. karma yeah. caught up to his <laughs> ass in the form of shrimp in his cereal. <laughs> Do you so imagine you're, if it really is true, you're just pouring your cereal. <laughs> shrimp oh. tails just come out. Well, I'm not going to stop eating it because it's good. Because <laughs> it's good. <laughs> oh my god but yeah uh, we'll have to keep updated on that saga. situation if there's any updates to that maybe we'll some the- lab results <laughs> we'll put it in as a pinned comment but oh, uh boy. let's get into some life advice but before we're gonna do that we have a word from our sponsors yes okay i am ready to give some advice All unsolicited right. advice Woo-hoo. take it or leave it yeah it exactly. might be horrible yeah no so don't take it too seriously <laughs> full disclaimer this is just our opinions we are not giving you professional no, seriously, we're not giving you um, medical advice, mental health advice, anything like that. We are just stating our opinion. Take it or leave it. Okay. Number one. They say, hi, cuties. I was wondering if you had any advice on starting better self-care, positive self-talk, and what both of you personally do for, quote, me time that makes you feel good. Mm-hmm. That's this, some challenging stuff right yeah. there. I definitely don't have like the perfect answer. Yeah, I was going to say something I'm still really working on. I think everyone's working on it to some extent, right? Like, I feel like it depends on the day or the time, you know, the period of my life that I'm going through. Like, sometimes I am doing great with self-care, positive talk, Mm -hmm. you know, but then other days I'm like other times in my life, I'm like sucking and like forgetting to do anything for myself. That's been me the last like two weeks. Mm -hmm. It's been bad. I'm just like, I haven't had time. Yeah. And I know some people feel like that where they don't have any time for themselves, you know? Right. I Um, would say at least positive self-talk. I can say that's been one thing that's been like a huge challenge for me my whole life. And it still is obviously, but I have made some big progress in that area in the last year. Yeah. And I think it's, it's just about replacing each individual thought. It's not something that you can just all of a sudden like, flip this switch and you're no. all of a sudden this positive person who loves everything about yourself and is constantly pop, you know, that's just so unrealistic. It's more, I think recognizing exactly. I, was saying that. I think the, the first step honestly is like becoming aware of how much negative things you even say to yourself, whether that's out loud or in your mind. I think it's 
mm-hmm. we it's so um we're so used to it that we kind of don't even realize how like if oh, that was stupid or like you know in your mm-hmm. head anything like that and it's just kind of maybe taking a moment to try and become more aware and when you do catch yourself saying something negative or thinking something negative about yourself mm-hmm. taking a moment to be like oh that's interesting i you know said that and then trying thinking. to replace it with a positive thought or um somehow instead of you know something that's terrible happening it's an opportunity instead to learn x y and z trying to because you really did at the end of the day it's about like retraining these yeah. thoughts that we have had it is in our minds forever and, and it's, it's hard it to is, retrain your mind mm-hmm. it's gonna take time yeah it's definitely not as easy as just i know it sounds like oh just replace the thought but it's no not in the sense of like but it's like acknowledging the what the hurtful thing you said to yourself mm-hmm. or whatever and then you know or just like the negative thoughts that you're having negative right. thinking mm-hmm. and trying to, it's not always easy though to just be like well now i'm just gonna like picture rainbows and butterflies no. and tell myself i'm beautiful and i love my body and i'm no. so happy like it's just not realistic but it's it's about stopping before you get into a tumble of yes. negative self-talk like reverting your attention to something stimulating for your mind or meditating or reading or watching a movie anything to like stop the cycle from continuing on to where you just get to a horrible self spot but also it's important i think to not judge yourself when you do catch yourself doing that or even Mm -hmm. if you catch yourself and then 10 minutes later you do it again not saying yeah i'm so negative to myself it's you don't that because that contributes again of the you know oh, I'm the not pattern good at making exactly. myself positive exactly and you can it's think like judging that, yeah. that is like the worst thing you can do rather than just acknowledging and and observing it mm-hmm. kind of and taking it as not as a good thing or a bad thing it's just that's what's happening now is there a way that I can try a different approach and see how that feels yeah um because yeah like breaking any habit takes a long time and negative self talk is can be a habit mm-hmm. also I'd say one thing like externally um as far as like positive self-talk is if you're on social media to unfollow or mute people oh and God. pages yeah. that make you feel bad, even if you feel guilty about mm-hmm. feeling bad, even if they're a great person and they like you and they comment on your cute shit, but for some reason seeing their post makes you feel mm-hmm. shitty about yourself in any way, mute them. You don't, they're not going to know mm-hmm. and really try and only interact on social media with things that genuinely make you feel good. Yes, that is the best tip that I've ever learned from the whole body positivity community. I can't remember who said to do that like years ago. And I just went through my Instagram and did this mass unfollowing. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it wasn't personal or like I would mute people mm-hmm. too that I was friends with. But like if if there were just certain things that would be, I just couldn't handle yeah. it. They're too negative for me or, you know, whatever. But right. And then replacing a bunch of that content with really strong people who inspire me who make me feel good who make who are relatable and real and we're gonna link a ton of accounts that we both follow that we really recommend adding to your feed if you're on instagram that are just amazing to follow just really uplifting yeah because that is a lot of women positivity it's really um, hard like getting on social media you can get off feeling so terrible about yourself like oh my god it's happened it still happens to me all the time you know, I'm still, you can't escape it. No, there's completely. no, right, of course I not. mean, Instagram for sure isn't my safe place. No, I don't go to it when I'm stressed out. No. I'm barely on Instagram, yeah, but same. when I do get on there, most of the time it's, um, it's really positive, encouraging yeah. content that is good 
good for me because Instagram knows. That's what I always like. That is true. Instagram keeps track of what you're liking. So if you don't want to see stuff that makes you upset, don't like that. Don't stuff. swipe on it. Don't watch the video. And and if you do see something you like, really like it, maybe save it or comment um, on it, comment on it. And it, it will it will start to learn what you want mm-hmm. to see. And it will, you know, push out more of that type of stuff. And mm-hmm. that's going to look different for everyone. Like mm-hmm. for us, it's animal content (laughs) like a lot of um just women positivity mental health positivity Mm -hmm. um like plants and just like random interest food accounts that's the kind of stuff Mm -hmm. that i like to follow educational things yep yeah so yeah and then as far as like what do we do personally for me time that makes you feel good um we talked about this a little bit but like vegging out to reality tv makes (laughs) i mean i'm serious like to make it's like for me time because it kind of allows myself to separate from my own Mm -hmm struggles and what I'm going through in my life and just kind of like focus on something else. So that's really great to veg out. Yeah. Like taking baths. I love throwing on a good Um, like podcast um, on my phone and like walking around the house and kind of tidying up. That's kind of my me time I find or watering my plants. I love watering my plants Mm -hmm. and sometimes it's hard because I overwater them because of that. But (laughs) I really like caring for my plants. It's very good for my mental health and I kind of, it's kind of my time to zone out and listen to my little show or whatever I want to have on. Yeah. Yep. I agree. Yeah. So, So, yeah. All right. That was a long answer. I know. I was going to say, we can't keep that. We can't do like a 10 minute explanation. What's wrong with us? It's been a while though. I feel like (sighs) we're going to do a long episode today because it has been a while. It has been a while. Exactly. We missed you guys. We need this time. Uh, We were just saying like how much we need this time. (laughs) Oh yeah, absolutely. I love this platform. So, okay. Next one. If you were given the chance to give yourself advice what would it be any type of advice from any age between 20 and 25 so um where i'm 26 kendall's about to be 28 damn 20 to 25 it that really changes because who i was at 25 was not anything i don't want anything but i was quite different than when i was at 20 i'm trying to think back to when i was 20 i was Mm -hmm. sophomore in college um i would tell myself around that age to work on letting go of control because Mm. at that age in my life, especially in my early 20s, I had so much anxiety that I was kind of a control freak about everything and everyone in my life Mm -hmm. and sometimes about Josh and our, like even our relationship. Mm -hmm. You know, I was so worried about like everything, just about making sure he was saving money and Mm -hmm. like not eating out. (laughs) (laughs) Like stupid little things (laughs) or like making sure he got to bed on time. Remember how stressed out I'd be? I I was like, he's got less than you know a certain amount of hours of sleep he'll be like tired in the car ride like i was just so stressed out all the time and then my parents got divorced and that was the biggest like boom you have no control of fucking anything yeah. from here on out with this situation yep and i had to literally learn i learned so many skills when it comes to letting go and a lot like just realizing things are going to happen mm-hmm. you can't control everything yeah and how much that has helped me i mean that would be my main advice to myself is to like let the small shit go, you know? Totally. That's a great point. One thing I learned in the past, probably like five years, honestly, is a lot of times when I'm in the moment and something seems so shitty and it's like so fucked up and then whatever, I think I ask myself a month from now, will I even remember this or will it matter? 99% of the time it's no. (laughs) And then I'm like, it kind of puts it into perspective. Like, okay, well then it's really not that big of a deal Mm -hmm. at all. On the grand scheme. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, as far as my advice, I would probably say to, um, honestly, like be able to sep- try harder to separate myself from 
rescuing my family members that are going through something difficult. Oh, and I'm not going to yeah. like get too personal, but yeah, yeah, there I was very enmeshed with people very, very close to me and my family. Me too. Yeah, I was going to say, you've definitely emotional enmeshment. And I felt like it was my duty to mm-hmm. save them and to make sure that everything was okay. And it did nothing but run me into the ground. Yeah. Um, and I really realized that like I have to live for myself first before anyone else. I have to put my own oxygen mask on first before I can help others. Mm-hmm. Because if I'm just trying to like save everyone else, first off, that's very unhealthy to try and save your own family members. I mean, mm-hmm. what kind of lack of boundaries is that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, we both can relate to that seriously on a pretty close level. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think that would probably be my biggest advice, um, which I don't know if that like relates to, you know, half of you guys. I mean, who knows? But I'm yeah, sure just, a lot of people get that. Yeah. It's the idea of, and I'm still learning it today. I mean, I'm still Me too. trying to take my own advice of like live for yourself. That's one and, of the top issues I'm in my like therapy goals. Mm, yeah. It's hard, mm-hmm. especially because you and I do have such bad anxiety at times and we we don't like having the unknown and not being able to control what the fuck's going on and so mm-hmm. it, it we feel very like chaotic in our own lives that's why i try i'm always trying to like put out little fires so that at the end of the day i think i can be like oh, okay like everyone's yeah. okay so i'm gonna be okay yeah. right yeah it's like for yourself at the end of the day exactly yeah, that's what i've realized yeah all right this one says i'm going to be moving out of my parents house in may congratulations that's mm-hmm. very exciting Ooh. And moving in with my fiance, do you have any suggestions on how I could make the transition easier and less stressful? Okay. Mm, let's think back. It's okay. been quite a long time I know. since we first moved in with our men. Let's see. Um, I moved in with John sophomore year, so I was like 20. I don't know how old you are, but it doesn't really matter at the end of the day. I was freshman year. So like you were freshman year? Okay. Yeah. It's pretty young. Um... Let's see. Thinking back, honestly, I'm not going to lie. I was extremely lucky. It was actually a really easy transition. Um, I I knew John for a long time. I don't know how long you've been with your fiance and stuff, but I, I knew him for so long that I felt as though we kind of already could predict how our like how we live in our mm-hmm. personal spaces, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because I kind of knew his routine already mm-hmm. in a sense. Um. But there was like, it was a few things as, you know, like simple things of like whose space is where, or like where, like, yeah you know, I'm, I'm much more of like a cluttered person. Like there's, Same. I'm have the tendency to like kind of tornado through a room and like put my shit everywhere and then randomly like get the urge to clean everything at once. Whereas John's more like clean <laughs> as he goes. Yeah. So I think learning to like try and be like okay in the common spaces i can't just leave my crap everywhere all the time you know yeah type of thing it has been a long time to think back mm-hmm. to all this but i mean i think one of the biggest things for josh and i was realizing how much you still need time apart i think that's a big challenge for t- for couples yes. is like once you're sharing a space that's like you're not used to spending that much time with each other true and that can be a bit overwhelming so i think making sure you allow each other to have alone time and space, even if that's like 30 minutes in the morning or Mm -hmm. like at that, you know, just you've got to make sure you actually take that time. Cause I felt like at sometimes Josh and I felt a little 
like we were together all the time. And sometimes we still feel like that. Yeah. Yeah. And we, it's really important for us to have space. Another thing I was going to say, another pro tip, you got to make sure you have some toilet spray girl. That's (laughs) like number one in we're living with a guy. (laughs) Get that. (laughs) Make sure you have that. I don't even use toilet spray. I was, that was one of my big concerns (laughs) when I moved in with Josh. Like, will he know like, or is he going to hear me in the bathroom? Like it's things like that. You don't ever think about. That's true. See, maybe I'm just gross. Cause I, <laughs> yeah, no, you and John are, are kind of like that. Yeah. And I, I mean, it, it depends on how your relationship is now. Me and Josh are like, whatever. But I remember when I first moved in with him, God, I was so nervous about him, like seeing me without makeup on. Oh, yeah. that was a big thing. Like, I remember that. Remember yep. I slept with foundation next yeah. to the fucking bed and I like would pour it on. Like it was some lotion, some moisturizer <laughs> so- in the morning. I'd be like, hi, I just look like this. <laughs> I'm sure it looked insane. <laughs> oh, so funny. Yeah, 100%. Um, also, and then finances is a big deal too. Yeah, which I don't know if like you guys are jo- can, can joining that as well or not. That's like a whole other topic. Mm-hmm. But also I think one thing that's really important is communicating like if something is becoming an issue and you kind of notice it, that it could, you know, become a regular problem to bring it up as soon as you can. Yes. Um, because otherwise it's just gonna one of you is just gonna be pissed off secretly and the other person probably doesn't know about it mm-hmm. and that's really not fair to either of you mm-hmm. um, so if you can you know ch- even if it's like a once a week check in of like hey how's it going you know it's it can be helpful especially mm-hmm. if you have never lived with someone because it is it really does bring you together on a different level mm-hmm. um, so pick yeah. your battles but make sure you are heard about important Right. Like what is actually important to you yeah. at the end of the day. Exactly. I think that's a great point. And that's definitely my number one relationship advice to anybody is communication is key. That is that is the truest thing. Yeah. It really is. It's like everything else connects back to yeah. how, how much you communicate as a couple, I think. Absolutely. Sydney, do you have any advice? That yeah, you want to share? I was going to say that's a good question. You've been living with Jared. You guys moved and in together full time about two, three years ago now. And you guys were doing long distance. Yeah. So it was yeah. a different, like we were, you know, in the same town as our partners. So, but you guys were, you know, not together for like physically together for a long time. Explain. Yes. Yeah. Well, okay. Yeah. So we moved in together and I'm not going to lie. It was like totally honeymoon phase at first. Mm-hmm. And then, um, cause I mean, you'd been together for years leading up to this long right, distance. Right, right. Finally got to move in together. Yeah. yeah. Long distance for like, what was that? Five. Five, seven years. Something like something that. Something like yeah. that. Crazy. <laughs> I mean, it was it's been a long wild. Time. I'm glad it worked out. It was like cause... eight years, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Four years of college for both of you. Yeah. Yeah. We, in different times. So, yep. Um, I'm really happy that it worked out because I would have been brutal if we like moved in together and we're like, wait, we don't even like each other. <laughs> But, you know, oh my gosh Dude, there's always that concern though you yeah. know it is a big change like it right, could go right. great or it could be yeah. the sign to ditch that relationship <laughs> totally no no honestly it was that we were so excited to like live together it was fun and mm-hmm. whatnot but i mean there's like the little things that mm-hmm. i had my moments mm-hmm. and um he's had his mm-hmm. but i think just like learning each other and like learning each other's ways because that was a big thing like I had a hard time understanding the sometimes the way he did things sure. and and I like didn't even think about like oh maybe I should look at it differently like I just was like mm, that's weird that's not the way I'm doing it exactly like, yeah. so it took me a minute to say okay you know maybe he does it that way mm-hmm. but yeah so far so good 
Yeah. Yeah. You guys definitely have your whole routine like completely nailed down now. I mean, you'll get into the swing of things when you move in with your partner. It'll like maybe be a little. I mean, of course, there's going to be an adjustment. Of course. But you'll figure it out. If it's meant to be, you'll figure it out. Yeah, absolutely. So there you go. Okay. Next one. What are some tips on allowing yourself to feel comfortable completely opening up to a therapist? Oh, it can feel so overwhelming going to that first therapy session too, because it feels like, holy crap, I've got to open the book of my life. I gotta tell Where do everyone I even start? my story to the stranger. Do we and need to like break out a family tree and right. be like, well, this person is estranged. This person right. left. This person was abandoned. Like, right. <laughs> it's, yeah, no, it's hard. And then you're like, how could they possibly understand what I'm going through? Because mm-hmm. then without me explaining the whole thing, and I can't explain the whole thing, and they're never going to understand my dynamic dynamic between this person and that and the other. Or but, you just may feel like, how do I trust this stranger? How do I trust someone to open up? Has that been hard for you ever? That's never really been an issue for me. I go into every therapist and I'm just like... Telling them yeah, shit. Yeah. Um, no, there's definitely been times where um, I'm like embarrassed to talk about something or like I, you know, like th- like I don't want to or something. But I try really hard to remember that I'm paying for this. And Mm. I am doing myself a disservice if I am not trying to be as vulnerable and honest as I can be. So you guilt yourself (laughs) financially. Listen, motherfucker, you have 50 50 minutes to talk about your feelings. But But how do you actually like become comfortable if you are? I mean, that just might take some time, though. Absolutely. And and that's the other thing. Building up, what's it called? Rapport. Rapport. I think it's incredibly important to remember that a lot of people think that who haven't been to therapy before think that it's going in. You immediately are like comfortable with this person. They immediately understand you. You immediately understand them and they're going to fix your problems in a month. You'll be feeling better when in reality, you know, the first several, several sessions um, are just figuring each other out, growing trust with a person. I mean, a huge, the majority of what you get out of counseling is the relationship you have with your counselor. So it's okay to be picky. It's okay to not click with your counselor and and say, you know, they're, they're smart, whatever, but they're not a good fit for me. Or maybe Mm -hmm. they, I don't appreciate the way that they do this um, or something like that, you know, do your research and ask them questions, ask them like what their modality is and, and Mm -hmm. you know, what they specialize in if they do. And it's kind of like an interview at first. It is. And it should be. And it, yeah, exactly. And, to, you know, try to understand that it is hard to open up to someone random. And so it's not going to be like you just walk in there in the first month and you're, mm-hmm. you know, you've clicked am- amazing and they get you and you get them and it takes work. But I genuinely believe that what you put in is what you get out of therapy. And, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of times you kind of have to put it into perspective of like therapists have heard it all when i tell yeah, you that's a good point. they've heard it all mm-hmm. they are not there to judge you they're mm-hmm. not there to take your trauma home and gossip to their friends about it like they're mm-hmm. they've heard it all and you're not going to shock them with what you're telling them they are there to listen to your your darkest secrets mm-hmm. to to your you know everything your biggest gripes you know it's they're there to listen that's their job they're not there to judge you um it can be hard though like i have had times where i felt like am i like stressing out my therapist i heard colleen ballinger talk about this and i totally related to it like 
almost being worried that you're gonna like make them uncomfortable by sure. crying or like yeah. saying something too far or right yeah i mean i it can be difficult to completely feel comfortable. i completely agree i think yeah. it just takes time it does take time and it like i said it may not be the right fit right off the bat you may have to go to multiple but i i'm very confident that if you do or if you're persistent enough with it it pretty much always you know works out to where you can find someone eventually that you do click with i mean therapy really really does work and just from like the perspective of in during my internship when i was playing the role of a therapist and when i say that i mean i was actually you know i was meeting with clients i was providing them weekly therapy you know in my mind what they would tell me i never was I was always, you know, th where therapists are trained to be able to absorb whatever you're going to tell them without them being shocked or being weirded out. And maybe, you know, something you say does trigger them, but that's really their their own thing. And that's why they go to their own therapist. I mean, at the end of the day, they are here to help you. That is their mm -hmm. job. Mm -hmm. And it mm -hmm. takes a level of, you know, trust for yourself and trust in that person that yeah it's it's okay to talk about what whatever you need to open up about um but it's hard yeah i mean i wish we had some like specific, specific tip, yeah but yeah it just i would say it takes time yeah it does you don't feel like you have to just open up ever on everything on the first day and you know if there's nothing wrong with going in there and saying hi um i'm new to this or maybe you're not new to this i don't know but saying I'm nervous to open up to a stranger, I feel weird about it. I, you know, I feel a little bit hesitant to tell you some things. You can be honest with them and they're not going to be like, well, mm. tell me anyways. You know, they're going to be like, oh, that's totally normal. <laughs> yeah, they can guide you, you through yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. They're trained to be able to help you when you are feeling concerned. So, all right, next one. I've been friends with someone for over 30 years. This person has been like a sister to me, but lately she's become a very toxic person. I've been considering ending the friendship, but I don't know how. I'm a shy person and I usually avoid conflict, but I know I need to stop letting her walk all over me. When I was her maid of honor, she pretended she had a maid of honor gift for me. Literally five seconds after she gave me the gift, she asked to use it as her something borrowed and never gave it back to me. <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> That's, That's fucking brutal. savage. And after what? the whole wedding party went shopping for dresses, everyone went out to eat except me. I wasn't invited. I heard what? my friends say I would just be a fifth wheel. I could go. I could go on, but I don't want to make this too long. Any advice would be appreciated. Oh my gosh. Okay. She sounds very toxic. I was gonna say that doesn't sound like a good friend yeah. anymore. Maybe she was at one point. So how does she end the friendship? But 30 years of friendship is a long yeah, time. It is. Is it worth saving? So my question is, if you do have 30 years of a relationship, can you confront her and say, look, the giving back the something borrowed really hurt. The fact that I wasn't invited really hurt. I'm, you know, can, can you be honest with her about how you're feeling? Mm -hmm. And, you know, depending on how that response is, go from there. Or is it something where you feel it's maybe too much water under the bridge. Well, I think she's also, she said she's a shy person and that can be really hard. hard. She said she usually confront, avoids conflict, conflict. So that's kind of hard to be like, I agree. Hey, I mean, maybe, I don't know. I just, I think that what's the, approach? if you, if you are wanting to s try to salvage that relationship, then I think you owe it to that person of 30 years to be honest with them. And I know that can be hard. Maybe it's not confronting them face to face. Maybe it's writing them a letter mm -hmm. and dropping it off. That's a good idea. Um, 
I think some people, you know, communicate best by writing their thoughts down. It can be so overwhelming. And if you're a really emotional people person, it can be so hard to confront someone and actually get your thoughts out properly. Right. Because you get so like, Especially if that other head. person or you are, if, if you guys are very reactive and you're maybe going to yeah. get heated in the moment and not mm-hmm. be able to be as productive as you would have originally, you know, been able to th- yeah. think your thoughts out, write them out. Mm. Um, so that's an option. But, you know, there is a point where maybe this per maybe it's time for you guys to go separate ways. Um, Sometimes you need a cutoff. Yeah. I've done it. Yeah. We've done it. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you got to do it. It's and the thing is, is like, I feel like when you're friends with someone for so long that you kind of have this guilt of like, well, I can't not be friends with them because I've always been friends with Mm -hmm. them. And like, that's just the way it is. But really, that's not fair to either of you, Mm -mm. because if that relationship isn't serving you and is only damaging you, unless you feel like you can work on it or go to therapy, that would be maybe a good approach. If she's really like a sister to you and this is someone who you've had in your life for so long, maybe it's worth trying to bring in a third party who can kind of explain things better to each of you Mm -hmm. and reconnect you Mm -hmm. i mean Mm -hmm. but if you you could just always take the approach of like ghosting her yeah (laughs) i mean i I, sometimes you like have to just literally stop responding to toxic mm -hmm. people and that's just the way you cut them off Mm -hmm. i yeah i would say that it may be helpful to give them if you do plan to cut that tie with them to give them a explanation of some sort so that yeah. they're not just like so-and-so blew me off haven't heard of them in months what the fuck yeah. um you know you don't have to explain yourself as in like hope you understand it can be like this is just how i'm feeling this is how it has to be unfortunately i'm gonna have to cut tie with ties with you wish you the best yeah you know it doesn't have to be this long drawn out thing mm-hmm. um but yeah that's hard i mean but that it sounds like she's not treating you well at all. No, I would so cut her off. That's not. I mean, that's really unfair, and t- it sounds very calling toxic you and hurtful. a fifth wheel yeah. is very. If you're maid of honor, that's really disrespectful. Hurtful. And I wonder why she's having you be her maid of honor. If she seems to not value you guys as friendship, yeah, then why even bother odd. with that? I don't know. I think you should probably move on from her. Yeah, I life's too short to have toxic people around. Yeah. I think. So me and my sister live around the corner from each other and our boyfriends are best friends. Me and my sister are also very close to one another significant other. I'm very close with their boyfriend as a friend and same way around. For context, me and my boyfriend have been together for eight years and she and him have been together for about two. They only recently moved in together, however, and have been transitioning a lot since she has two kids and he's filling a step parent role. Whenever they fight, I usually get a call from one of them, sometimes both, and I give my advice on what they can do to change for themselves and whatever is going on. Both of them call her for advice? I guess so, yeah, because I guess they're all really close. I mostly give advice to her boyfriend, who I was friends with before they started dating. He struggles a lot, and I try to be there for him. Just to clarify, I do not pick sides or put each other against each other. Literally a day ago, my boyfriend and I got into an argument and a lot of miscommunication happened, resulting in a big fight. Um, He was with my sister's boyfriend at the time. And instead of being there for me, he hyped me up and even turned it on my sister. I don't think he expected for me and my boyfriend to make up and realize all of the missing pieces and how he's apologetic and wants to consider this a mistake to move on. I'm very hurt and feeling like he was never a friend to me. What are your thoughts on the situation? Sorry if this was long. There's a lot of detail, but I hope this is enough. Dang. So you guys are like all really close friends. Talk about all, a mesh. Man. Yeah, I was going to say, holy shit. 
Yeah, that sounds like a lot of boundaries need yeah, to be made. <laughs> I was going to say boundaries. Mm. I, f- I understand that you guys all want to. It sounds like you really want to be there for each other and are really mm-hmm. trying to like genuinely help each other, which is wonderful. And like, you know, you may have good intentions with that, but. But for the sake of all of your for, friendships. Right. For the sake of all of your friendships. And your mental health. I don't know if you can necessarily help coach someone else's argument without. Mm. while you're while you're really close to both of them because even if you don't want to take sides it may seem like you're taking sides but also it's not your problem to fix like what if like josh and i were both calling you after right. we fought like i'd be like get your fucking ass to therapy like, <laughs> but like at the end of the day that's unhealthy for you to try and be working on like a relationship that's not even yours yeah um i would maybe going forward put in some ground rules of like if we're fighting you can't call the you know so and so and complain because then that puts them in a weird place and puts me in a weird place Mm -hmm. because i'm also friends with them and then their significant other's friends you know all these lines are just being crossed constantly so i would definitely um get some boundaries put in there all right this is the last one of the episode and it is i have a crush on my coworker and have always make eye contact but i can't decide if i should make a first move or wait on him to do so mm. each time something funny or eventful happens we always look at each other and smile but i could be over analyzing this i don't know please help he's also 10 years older than me i'm 22 he's 32 it's really hard without actually seeing this in action right you know like he could just be n- being nice but also i feel like if it's they always make eye contact like i yeah. feel like you can feel the like yeah because of like sexual tension but that's gotta be like i could see that being a problem because like what if you feel it but then they're just being they, nice yeah they're just <laughs> nice that's honestly true well first off maybe just like make friends with them like just mm-hmm. genuinely like go at it as not trying to like you know like well, they probably already are kind it, of friends yeah i i guess so but then they i don't know yeah are you guys friends D- does do you know if he's married? That obviously makes me different. I'm going to assume that he's not in this, but Let's if hope. he is, that's a, maybe something to think about. Um, but but how do you like that's nerve wracking? See, we've never been in this situation because yeah. Janelle and I both like are going to marry. Well, you're going to marry your yeah. high school sweetheart. Yeah. So, I mean, we never really experienced like dating and like coworker flirting no, and stuff like that. No. But I'm, I'm a, I imagine that that would be like kind of nerve wracking because yeah. you want to make a move, but right. it's like, you don't want to, because if you make the wrong move and it's not right. what he was interested in, then it's like awkward. Totally. With someone you work with. 100%. So you always, you have the option of, I don't know what type of person you are, but maybe you are confrontational. You can always like, what kind of move are we talking here? Well, I'm saying you can always come and be like, hey, I want to get drinks sometime. Yeah, like, that would be good. Like, hey, or like coffee. Yeah. Hey, would you want to grab a coffee sometime out of work? Would you maybe want to hang out after work and like, see kind of how they respond? If like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll bring my buddy too. Then like, okay, that's. But if it's like, yeah, let's go to the, <laughs> let's go get drinks and yeah. then Netflix and chill. Well, that's, that's good, different. That's good. You could even hit him up with the like, I hear Starbucks has this great shaken brown sugar espresso. Let's go try it out. You want to go try it out? Make it more about the brown sugar espresso because that way friends could go get the brown sugar espresso (laughs) together. But you could also have a date. And then I think you can gauge the situation a little more Mm -hmm. after that point, you Mm -hmm. know, once you're out of the work setting. Yeah, get out of the work setting and see how like the Mm -hmm. interaction is then because I think that can be really telling. 
Yeah. Um, I agree. And I don't know if you also have like additional work friends, but maybe if you're too uncomfortable just having it one on one, you can invite him and then another work friend of your guys's, and you guys can all go out for drinks. And then, mm-hmm. you know, you, you still have that opportunity to be out of the work setting. So where you don't have to worry about like, am I being unprofessional or not? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and I don't know if there's like rules about dating in your work and, you know, there's, it's more complicated probably than it is on paper yeah. here, but that's where I would go. I would try and mm-hmm. get them out of the work setting first and see what the vibes are. Yeah. That's the team. But yeah. Anyways. Well, that is going to be it for us this week. You guys, yeah. we are so happy to be back. Mm-hmm. We missed you. Thanks for missing us. We saw all of yeah. your tweets and comments missing the episode this mm-hmm. week and well, we're going to be back next week, so that's yeah. good. <laughs> yeah, we'll be back. We yeah. have some really fun episodes planned. We have an and interesting episode planned next, actually. Mm-hmm. Very exciting. The best, the most exciting little tidbit is we're moving studios. Oh, people. yes, we are. We haven't talked about this on the sesh yet. If you didn't catch it a mile higher, mm-hmm. we are moving in the next few months here to a totally different yep. office space. And we're going to have our own set. Yep. So we don't have to redo the sign every yeah. time it'll just stay there We can have a totally unique background we're gonna ditch the table make it way more like mm-hmm. informal comfortable it's gonna be really fun we're so excited about it so i'm um, so so excited about it yeah oh before we go i mm-hmm. wanted to shout out the maker of this sweatshirt i was gonna say that's what shirts isn't it so cute fuck dude someone I'm sent it to my p.o box and i just wanted to shout out their brand um i don't remember your name but good note that I'll link it below. So cute. They make a bunch of cute tie-dye stuff. Oh, I might have to snatch my pair. Josh brought pair. it in this morning because I like had no laundry. Our laundry's so backed up. We've <laughs> just been like so busy. And he's like, well, someone sent you this. You want to put this? I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. perfect. That's Coming awesome. in clutch. That looks note. like really good quality. It is. It actually it really is. Sweet. It's good stuff. Well, anyways, guys, thanks so much for joining us this week. We really appreciate um, your support and sorry it was you know a heavy topic to begin at, yeah. at the start but we've really this didn't was a feel roller like coaster get around it. it was a roller coaster but that's kind of like how i like our mm-hmm. episodes a mm-hmm. lot is like to really be able to do whatever we want yeah and i think you, like you said we got to be real like yeah we got to be real it's very hard to just fake emotional yeah you know it's exactly not so, able to do it no not definitely <laughs> not us some people could do that which is totally fine but just yeah the way both of us work we're pretty emotional people and it's just important for us to be able to kind of like express that so mm-hmm. anyways so thanks for listening yes thanks for listening as guys. always we appreciate you and we'll see you on the next session but, but until, until then, then keep it fresh, fresh.